Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. It's Brad Eber from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Number 38 in the 50 most relevant for 2019's fantasy football year, for some could be a shock. But I want to talk about why I've got Josh Corbett, the new Gold Coast son, inside the 50 most relevant. If you haven't caught up with the players that we've revealed so far, you can go and check out the articles at coachespanel.tv as well as going back through iTunes and Spotify to be able to listen to all the podcasts of the players revealed thus far. To talk about Josh Corbett, I've got Jimmy on the line. Hello, mate. Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. How are we going? Mate, I'm pretty keen to talk about Josh Corbett. He was one of those players plucked from the state-based leagues, uh, given the uh, the AFL Commission's... Um, You've been so bad, let's try to help you out rules um, that were given. But I think Corbett possesses something that other state-based league players may not. I think there's one other that does. But uh, he possesses something that others don't. And that is, I believe, at least in January, I believe he's in the Gold Coast Suns' best 22 Clearly, he's 22 years old and he's priced at a basement rookie price, which is fantastic. Um, at 123,900 in Supercoach, 170,000 in Fantasy, and 157,900 in Dream Team. That was always one of the, the questions we had entering into this preseason, wasn't it, Jimmy? Is these state based players that were plucked through the commission rules, what were they going to be priced at? And luckily for us as fantasy coaches, they're being priced at the lowest possible range. Yeah, no, absolutely very handy. It's um, And it's always a bit of an unknown. Um, you know, some of these guys' relevance is very dependent on their price because, you know, if we're, we're honest, you know, Corbett's a, he'll, he'll be great and he'll, he'll fill his role very nicely, but he's not Buddy Franklin and he's not going to average <laughs> 95 for us. So being priced at uh, this lower end means that if he does only average in the the 50s, um, that's plenty enough to make us some money. Yeah, I think so. If you look back at his VFL season last year, he was one of the best contested marks in the competition. He averaged 7.6 marks a game before an eye injury prevented any more appearances that year. But from his nine matches, I know it's not a lot, but nine is enough to give us a body of work to be able to judge his season on. He mm-hmm. scored 22 goals. He won the uh, fourth goal round Mitchell medal, which is the most promising young talent in the VFL. And then the other key weapon to his footballing arsenal outside of that strong contested marking is his aerobic capacity. Not something you normally associate with a guy of his height and size, but he averaged 14 kilometers per game. Not bad for a guy who's 190 centimeters tall and 90 kegs big. This guy has some wheels and this guy can clunk a grab. Important for a football team that has just lost someone who we revealed earlier in the 50 most relevant, Tom Lynch. He's departed the club. They now have a clear vacancy inside forward 50 and I think he fills it. Because outside of a developing tall in Peter Wright, the occasionally fit Sam Day, and kind of some X factor in Aaron Young. They really lack avenues to goal and compelling options inside forward 50. I think Corbett fills a role in that spot and an avenue to goal and an inside forward 50 target straight away for the Suns. Yeah, he definitely does. And, and the benefit too with um, him playing alongside a Wright and Day when they're both fit is that he's not going to be the number one target either. Mm. 
So it's not like he's coming from a VFL level and suddenly he's standing alongside the best fullbacks in the game. He's going to be getting the the second or third uh, key defender, and and with that aerobic capacity he's got, he would be able to run off them, um, you know, on, on regular enough occasion that he would get some opportunities. So it's um. Yeah, it could well be a, a, a decent weapon for them. Yeah, look, he's got, like I've mentioned, that really strong contested marking presence about him. He's also got the aerobic capacity to be working off your opponents, like you suggested. So there's multiple ways Gold Coast could choose to use him. They could certainly use him as that number two tall forward, um, inside forward 50. Yes, pushing up outside of the 50, you know, verging up to, you know, kind of the half forward, up through the wings and kind of letting him kind of not go past, you know, the sort of halfway mark of the ground and use him as a number two forward alternatively they may choose to look at lending him to maybe something like um you know I, I know most clubs have a link up forward maybe similar to Adelaide's Tom Lynch because he's got the aerobic capacity to do it maybe he could be used as that kind of third tall link up player yes capable of taking contested marks inside 50s but also maybe an avenue um, to link up you know their run and gun that the Suns certainly do seem to have and maybe the new rules you know of the 666 starting bounces yeah. perhaps um, that's going to play into the favour of all our key forwards while well, that and also the now they're allowed to use hands in the back in those kind of um, one-on-one contested markings. Uh, these are certainly things that are go into the favour of Josh Corbett, not just getting what I think is clear job security, but potential scoring ceiling about him. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I was going to mention those new rules, and it's I know we're talking them up in a big way, and, and we've covered it on a, a number of occasions now with uh, Danaher and, and, and Lynch and, and others, but um, I and, and and we may be overstating it. It Maybe. may not change that much, but I certainly think it creates that opportunity for them that um, yeah, there should be a little more supply. And I mean, that's why the AFL have done it. They want more goals being kicked, and um, and they want them being kicked by the big forwards. You know, mm. I think, um, and and that's only going to be a good thing for us in terms of um, what they're going to be able to do in their their fantasy scoring as well. Yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about um, not just a few key forwards, but also we kicked off the 50 most relevant with Harley Bunnell. Um, and it, then he decided to go and get booted out of a pub at the same time, which was awesome. But one of the reasons Harley was there and now why Josh is in the 50 is they possess something that not every cheap option has. And again, it's my personal subjective opinion, but I think he's a lock in their best 22. Um you know, there's no point having a cash cow that can score well that's not in the side for you consistently week in and week out generating cash for you. I think Josh Corbett is clearly inside their best 22. In December, he signed a four-year contract extension, locking himself to the club up until 2022. So regardless of, you know, what you think of the club's inability to retain quality talent long-term, you don't sign a player up before they've even done a month's worth of training at your club, um, who isn't a part of your current and future long-term plans. Um, There's an opportunity in their list right now, and clearly he's setting a standard at training that they're happy to do it. And from the games I've seen of him at, at VFL level, this guy's a warrior. He's a competitor. He'll give them a target every single opportunity. He will run all day for a guy that's 190 centimeters. I think he's going to smash it. I think he's going to um, set himself a nice spot um, 
in uh, the AFL and at Gold Coast. And while I don't think he's a premium or even, you know, like someone like, yeah, he's going to average 70 or 80. <laughs> he doesn't have to do that. Uh, you're paying yeah, under 200000 If you clarify that, I was going to. Yeah. I think you, you went on a bit of a hype run there, MJ, and I know you love the kid, but he's, um, he's, he's, he's great and he will do well. And as you say, I think he will play regular footy this year, which is the number one thing we need out of yeah. cash cows. Um, but yeah, I think we, we temper our expectations a little on his scoring as, as you just got in there before I interrupted. And, uh, yeah. And, and look, if he does only get fifties and sixties, that's plenty good enough to warrant picking him in your starting side. Yeah. If oh, he's oh. getting 60 week in, week out, or, or more likely if he's getting 31 week and 85 the next and he's averaging 60. That's fine. Um, that's all you need. Time it, um, sell him at his peak and you'll make some good money. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think there's clear role clear scoring potential like any key forward he does require goals to to boost that up but you know a, a couple of um mark kick goal all of a sudden he's halfway there um you know if he does that one or two games you know goals a game he's kind of halfway there to scoring enough for you um to yeah. be a last on field forward potentially or at worst your emergency bench cover that's making you some cash. So um, I, while I don't have a crystal ball and neither am I a part of the Gold Coast Suns collection, you know, selection committee, uh, it seems pretty apparent to me when you look at their list, um, you look at the needs of, of their side and then the skill set and the reason that Corbett's been recruited. I can see him sitting in, inside their best 22 and as such, I think, and the fact that of his pricing, I think he's going to be one of those really highly owned forwards for us in 2019 as a cash cow. Let's talk drafts, and this will be the shortest one we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, not relevant in drafts, I don't think. I don't think he's going to score. And and we are crystal balling. It is only January, um, and he might well surprise us. But yeah. uh, I think coming in at this point, I don't think any of us expect him to average in that mid-70s at a, a minimum to make him worth being bench cover even. Um, he'll have some high ceiling about him if he gets on a, a decent uh, run on, on a team and kicks five or six in a game. He could well score 100 every now and then, but it's not going to happen often enough to average it well enough to make him worth owning, I think, in a in a draft. Um, in a keeper, I don't mind the idea of snagging him with a very late pick just to sit on your bench and develop for a year if you've got a pretty deep list. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, as you said, he signed a four-year deal. The Suns have got a lot of faith in him coming through. Um, and he is that type of player that if he can develop to be like a Adelaide's Tom Lynch or you know, that, that sort of character, then mm. um, yeah, he may well come to average enough over the journey. But uh, I wouldn't be looking at it being in a position where you'd need to ever have him on field in 2019 at this point. No, I think so. You know, coming back to, you know, how he's going to start the year as a player, this is just the opening kind of opening five or six rounds for the Gold Coast Suns. Round one against St Kilda. Not known for having, you know, they've got tall four defenders, but, you know, there's then Fremantle in they round two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Round two's okay. Fremantle. Round three, the Western Bulldogs. Round four, they play Carlton. All of a sudden, it's sounding pretty inviting so far. Um, round well, if I didn't know better, I'd, I'd, I'd almost think the AFL wanted the Suns to win a few games. You'd think so. Probably the hmm. first really difficult game for Gold Coast in terms of how much they're going to impact the scoreboard and kind of the quality of defensive unit they come up against is probably round five against the Adelaide Crows over at Adelaide Oval. But no, by then, 
Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, but by then, you know, he's four weeks into his cash generation. You know, for Dream Team and Supercoach, he's already had two price bumps. For AFL Fantasy, you know, given his um, price point and the weekly price changes, he's almost done his job for you before they, he gets to round five. Yeah, absolutely. And and in a keeper league too, if you're so inclined, his uh, currency has gone up a fair bit to yeah. that stage and, and someone might be prepared to take him off your hands. Um, and if you can make any sort of a profit on a kid like that that you're picking up as your very last pick or off the waivers after the draft, then, um, yeah, that's a win in my book. Yeah, I think so too, man. Hey, I appreciate your thoughts today as we've talked about Josh Corbett. Anytime, pleasure. If uh, you want to go and check out the article, it is online now at coachespanel.tv. And if you want to go back and look through the 40s or at Seb Ross at number 39, uh, you can go and do that at coachespanel.tv. All your links to pledge and become a supporter of the Coaches Panel by joining our Patreon are there. And you keep downloading, streaming, and subscribing to these podcasts every single day. Brand new content, podcasts, and articles of the 50 most relevant. There's so much value for us in 2019 for fantasy coaches. And tomorrow, I've got a ripper for you.